Greeting you with the Holy Lord's peace. Blessed day. So either green and gold or red and white. See all you chief fans in here. Uh huh. You done prayed my my quarterback. Okay. I got. I see you. All right. We uh been blessed to have a great teacher in Christ. You know, uh, if you ever noticed when you read the Bible, you don't have to get a commentaries out uh, to get Christ's teachings because his teachings are so simple that it just, it's just simple. I mean, it just takes common sense to figure out what he's saying. And that's because he talked in parables a lot. He talks in parables a lot because he wanted to make sure the people got a understanding of what he was talking about. So he used these great parables and these parables make a lot of sense. You don't have to work hard to understand the parables that he used. I enjoy uh, reading the gospels because it gives me a better relationship with him and it understands what he is expecting of me. You see, the ultimate goal is, and it's not how much you know, it's how much you live in. And I'm into the living as Christ would have me to live. You see, that's, that's the ultimate goal. That's why we call our Christians, because that's like, it means Christ-like. And so, we're going, remember we talked about, I told you it was gonna go through the parables because I like the parable, so we'll be doing it. And sometimes it sounds like it's repeating itself, but not really, but really. You see, sometimes there's a thing that's not really, but really. That's right. You see? And so we want to talk this morning about something that's really, really, really important in our lives, and that's about fruit. You know, Jesus used fig trees, he used weeds, he used all kinds of different things in his sermons to help us to get a better understanding of how we ought to live. And one of my favorite things is uh, this parable that we have, we're going to talk about today briefly is fruit, tree. Some trees have healthy fruits, some trees have unhealthy fruits. I forgot, and somebody can speak it out, it'll probably take somebody that's been in the country. I remember, I can't think of what it was, it's, a, it's bigger than a grape, but it's on a tree, and it's about big plum. Uh, and if you eat it too soon, you'll be sicker than a horse. Yeah, but it's a fruit. But if you wait till it ripens, you're okay. Oh, that's what it is? Okay, I knew you would know. Because no, me and him, from, and, and our parents used to tell us, be careful, you know, and, and I like plants. There's a difference between plants and flowers. I love plants. If you come to my house, my room, I have plants, you know, and, and there's plants that, you know, I even like to you see them outside, you know, like uh, green plants with leaves, and they just look pretty, right? Uh, but there's one, it wouldn't bother me, but Trevor's not here, bless his heart, if he touches it, he's in trouble. It's called poison ivy. 
you see some of some people can't it's poison ivory for them so it's not fruitful for them to even look at or touch so we're going to talk about today there's going to be a question the question is what kind of tree are you and what kind of fruit are you producing and that is in every part of your life every part of your life what kind of tree are you and what kind of fruit are you producing you see there's only two really is good or bad that's right and that's in everything in your life it's going to be unhealthy fruit or it's going to be healthy fruit and if you make bad choices with the fruit okay that you're entertaining it can destroy your life does that make sense so, so when Jesus was doing this, he was really talking about us as individuals, two things. Well, look at yourself, what kind of fruit? Or is it fruitful for me to go out tonight and to go to an unfruitful place? And then I wind up intoxicated and have a car wreck and kill somebody. And I lose my career, and I, I destroy two families. You see, the young man at KU this last week said, fruitful for him to go to the bar, get a DWI. Now he's kicked off the team for a while. Does that make sense? So we have to know what's fruitful. What I eat, is it fruitful for me? or is it non-fruitful for me? Mm. You need to think about that. The people I run around with, is this a fruitful relationship or is this an unfruitful relationship? If you are in an unfruitful relationship, you can pay for that for years. Right. Parents need to sit down with their children and talk to their children about those things. Yes, you ought to sit down with your children and talk to your children about fruitful things and unfruitful. Some of it is common sense. You ain't even gotta be spiritual. It's just common sense. I'm not telling you what to do, you see. I'm just trying to help you to make better decisions in your life so that you can be fruitful because you could have the potential to be fruitful. Listen to me very careful. You could have the potential to be fruitful but get with unfruitful people and you can become unfruitful. Are you with me? And it don't have to be, it don't have to be children. It can be adults. You see, if I buy this house, is this fruitful for me to buy this house right now uh, and, and, and destroy my finances and become house poor? You see, it's unfruitful for me. Do you understand? Everything has to, we want it to be fruitful. So Jesus does this. And he does this in a very good way. And I, I just love the way he puts this together for our lives. You see, just because you're a Christian don't mean you're fruitful. That's right. That's right. There are some unhealthy Christians. You see, very unhealthy Christians. Here we go. Coming from the Passion, Luke chapter 6, beginning with verse 43, says it this way. You'll never find choice fruit hanging on a bad, unhealthy tree. You'll never find what? Choice, choice fruit, fruit hanging, hanging on a bad, bad. healthy tree. So you can look at a person 
Yes, and uh, they look good, but they're unhealthy. And they're going to produce bad fruit. And you better learn that early. You see, let's just help the kids out, the young people. I guess some of you think, cute, but bad fruit. Right? Yeah, got a nice job, but bad fruit. And that's why he's saying here, you'll never find choice fruit hanging from a, a bad, unhealthy tree. First of all, you need to look at the tree. You could say tree or character of the people that you're around or yourself. What are you producing? Are you producing bad fruit or are you producing unhealthy fruit? Well, All right? Goes on to say, and rotten fruit doesn't hang on a good, healthy tree. If someone has good morals and good principles and they're healthy, there will be no unhealthy fruit on that tree. That's right. And some of the most healthiest fruit comes from a tree that may not look healthy, but it is healthy. Are you with me? You see, it may not look as appealing to an unhealthy tree, but it's got good fruit on it. You see, you ought to know about all kinds of fruits. You can, you can picture it in your head what I'm talking about here. Every tree will be revealed by the quality of fruit that it produces. What kind of fruit? Is this tree producing? What kind of fruit is your character producing? What kind of fruit are the people you run around with? What are they producing? That's the key. You see, that's why Jesus did a very simple, you don't need to go into a whole lot, a very simple thing. Look, some of this stuff, you ain't got to be spiritual. It's common sense. It's just plain common sense. If you're around unhealthy people, you become unhealthy. You see? Does that make sense? We, we see that with the COVID-19 or whatever they call this thing, you see, but we've had the flu before that ever started, right. right? We've had stuff that's been going on for years. This is nothing new. This is just bigger, you see. There are unhealthy people, uh, look good, but they're unhealthy, I'm not around them, you see. Don't get mad, say I'm gonna get mad at you, Pastor. You see? You see, if you live with a smoker, it's unhealthy to you, according to the medical, not me. Second, secondhand smoke is just as unhealthy for you as the person who's smoking a cigarette. Now, don't quit church because I said that, you know. We're talking about health now, all right? So we need to understand what the master is trying to tell us. He's telling us things to put in our lives so that we can use and as a commentary in our life to look back on and help us to make better decisions for ourselves and others and who we put in our lives. That's right, that's right. All right? Pastor, he puts it simply by just saying, you'll never pick figs or grapes from thorn trees. You can't go out looking for on a thorn tree and find some figs or, or grapes, you know? It looks good, yeah, that, you know? It looks good, but it's got thorns on it. You see what I'm saying? And you've got to pay attention to that. What kind of fruit does that person bear? What's it going to be for me in my life? Right. Everything that I do, I need to see if it's going to be productive for me. Mm -hmm. The people I put in my life, the financial decisions I make, from the table, 
what I eat, all of these things are things that I need, what I look at, all of these things I need to take, take, hey, take this in and make sure that I'm making, I'm eating the right stuff. That I'm taking in the right stuff. Are you with me? All right. In verse 45, the scripture reminds us that people are known in the same way. Out of virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. People are the same way. Are you with me? People are the same way out of the virtue of their hearts. You'll see. You need to figure out what's in somebody's heart, not their billfold. That's right. Come on. Come on here. You need to find out what's in somebody's heart, not their resume. Because if you're smart, and you all done it here, some of you, you, when you do a resume, you make yourself look better than you really are. Well, that's right. That's right. right. You see? So you need to know what's in a person's heart. Are you with me? Yeah. Jesus is making this very clear to us. He's making it very clear to us of how we need to respond and what we need to look out for. Because the Bible, I call the Bible and Jesus' teachings the commentary of life. They help me to make the better decisions in my life. You see, now that I'm older, you see, I can't do the same things at 45, when I was 45, that I can now at 75. That's right. They would be unfruitful for me. You understand what I'm saying? Gwen would have to call 911. You see? Yeah. I can't even remember last Sunday, I told you all, I have a little plate now. Because my body can't digest a big plate. You see? Because the older I get, the smaller that plate's got to be because my organs can't handle it. You all laughing. Keep living. Understand what I'm saying. All right? Likewise, out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones will produce what is evil. When a person has evil in their hearts, they're going to produce evil. What's in their heart? Have you ever went out and, you know, I don't know, I guess you all do this now, what's this dating online or whatever, how they do that? People ask every question, but what's in your heart? Yeah, you need to ask them it. What's in your heart? And if they're offended by that, then you need to say, let me think about it and take about eternity before you answer them again. That's right. That's right. Because this is a heart. Jesus is trying to get us to understand, to look beyond the flesh and look beyond the mind, get past our eyes and look at the heart of a person. Are you with me? Mistakes are made. Some of you in here say, say tell us the truth, Pastor. Well, some of you all have been divorced. Now, either they were wrong or you were wrong. Because if the hearts were right and you were in the right place, you've been all right. You see, some, two things I tell people all the time. You got to watch out who you put in your life, then you watch out who kicks you kick out of your life. You see, because some things are mind deep. You can change that. But what's in people's heart is a difficult thing to be with. Only God and them can change that. Are you with me? Am I going slow enough for you to understand what I'm at talking about? 
There should be no one in this church after this message to sit down with yourself, first of all, sit down with your children and explain this to them. There's too many mistakes have been made by young people and the responsibility is on the parent because the parent didn't help them or, or warn them or teach them or guide them and talk to them about good fruit, bad fruit. You see, that's beyond cute. You don't understand. This is my life. I'm grown. And that's real, that's bad fruit. That's called crazy. Yes, you see, I've been married 51 years, going on 52, is that right? You let me come home at a certain time and everything that I have would probably be on the sidewalk. You see, bad decision, bad fruit, think about it. Y'all know how you would do. Come on in. <laughs> Scripture goes on to say that for the overflow of what has been stored in your heart. Now listen to this. Will be seen by your fruit mm -hmm. and will be heard in your words. What's in your heart is going to sooner or later come out your mouth. That's right. You see, see, listen to me. And ladies, you need to listen to me because you all fall for this more than anybody. I didn't mean it. Well, if you didn't mean it, you shouldn't have said it. You see? No. You met it. You said it. You met it. Because when it comes out of your heart, it's going to eventually come out of your mouth. Now, God can change all of that and fix all of that, but y'all know what I'm talking about here. Because you're, you're working on yourself and you're working on your children. This is why these young girls get in these bad relationships because nobody's told them that what he said, he met, and they wind up in an abusive relationship, keep making excuses for what's coming out of the person's mouth because they say, well, that's, you don't know him. Yeah, I know him. Bad fruit. How do you know he's bad fruit? His mouth. Or vice versa. It can be women too or men. Are y'all with me? You see, it doesn't matter if a person goes to church, but eventually what comes, what's in their heart is going to come out their mouth. This is Jesus talking, not me talking. And it's our responsibility. We take our kids to all these clinics. We need to take them to church. Yeah. And so that they can get the information, we can get the information, they can get the information, and we can stop some of this craziness that's going on in schools and all of this other thing. You see, the kid that becomes a bully is going to be a bully in the relationships he's in until somebody changes his heart, and that would be Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. You understand? And it's a hurting thing sometimes because you can really care about somebody, but the heart's not right. You need to get out of there. Get away from that crowd. That's right. All right? Amplified says it this way. The good man or woman produces what is good and honorable and moral out of the good treasure stored in his or her heart. So what is stored up in a person's heart is going to be good and honorable and moral. It's stored up in their heart. And when it comes time for it to come out, it will come out in a way 
that God would be pleased with it. You see, here's what I try to do. Is God pleased with what I'm saying? Mm. Not only to, to Sister Gwen, but to church members. Right. Is God pleased with this? Mm. Because you can't tell somebody you love them one minute and change and say negative things the next minute. Amen. Love never asks for what it's not its own. And love never brings pain. You see? So when ugly comes out of the heart, then only God can fix the heart. That's right. You can't do that. All right? You see? There's some things that are mind deep. Are y'all with me? Stay with me. It's in their mind. A counselor can help you with that. But when that thing starts sinking down in that heart and that spirit, you got problems. Does that make sense? All right. You with me? goes on to say, and the evil man or woman produces what is wicked and depraved out of the evil in his or her heart. Sooner or later, what's in the heart is going to come out. And that negative fruit, that bad fruit, that angry fruit is going to come out. Sooner or later. It takes common sense. I want to know your heart. Where is your heart at? Because that's what I'm going to have to live with. I'm going to have to live with what's in your heart. Not what's coming. Because sooner or later, deep down in your heart, it's going to come out your mouth. All right? That's exactly what the scripture says. For the mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. The mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Sooner or later, things are going good, and you think you really doing good and pretty soon the overflow of it and here it comes here comes ugly and the real person will show up you see you understand okay I hope you're listening and this is a I'm calling out parents and grandparents teach your children teach your children most of you all in here had never been taught sat down with your children and talked about it the bad fruit, the good fruit. Open up your Bible and show them so that they don't make all the mistakes and get into situations and the circumstances that some of these young people are getting into. Mm-hmm. Bullying people. Mm-hmm. It's crazy now. Yeah. We've had a couple of parents in here that's dealing with children now that's being bullied in school. Yeah. Crazy. You know where that bullying comes from? The home. You see, we, their heart is what parents put in their heart. Yeah. Yeah. You see, usually they probably are fruit from what's in the home. Because the fruit doesn't fall very far from the tree. You see, I told somebody once and they looked at me and I said, you need to be careful. They're talking about getting married because I knew the family. I said, because you know you married a family. Oh, no. No, you married the family. That's right. Because that, that lady, and this is what I said, that crazy lady you talking about, that's going to be the grandparent. That's right. I never thought of that. Think of it. That's right. That's right. Oh, y'all understand what I'm saying? This is what Jesus is trying to warn us against. 
need to take responsibility of being teachers. Jesus was a master teacher. We should be master teachers. That's right. All right. Verse 46 asks the question, church, what good does it do for you to say, I am your Lord and master, if you don't put into practice what I teach you? Well, Jesus is saying, hey, there's a whole bunch of stuff. That means there's a whole bunch of people saying God, God, and they're talking about Jesus, but Jesus said, they're not putting it in practice, what they've been taught. Because guess what? It's not in their heart and their spirit. They heard it. My mother used to say it goes in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. It didn't get in their heart. If I would say to, and I used to do it, and I quit doing it because I, I was making people lie. Say, God loves you and I love you. You love me? And everybody in church is going to say yes. Well, I'm quite sure there's somebody in here that doesn't like me. <laughs> everybody doesn't love me to sing. That's right. That's right. Some people love me at a different level. You understand? And that's good. Ask me why. I didn't have to say nothing, did I? <laughs> I didn't even have to say nothing because you all picked up what that was all about. All right. The voice asks it this way. What good, is, what good is it to mouth the words, Lord, Lord, if you don't live by my teachings? Jesus Christ is telling us, what good is it to say, Lord, Lord, and you're not living by my teachings? We're to live like Christ has taught us to live. We're to live like the gospel teaches us to live. We're to live like the word of God teaches us to live. If we live like the word of God teaches us to live, all prejudice, hate, bullying, all that stuff be gone. The problem of it, and it's in the church. Churches are split. There are people that don't go to church because so-called Christians they've talked to, they don't want no part of church because they don't want to be a part of them. Yeah. Yeah. You understand? They're saying, if that is a Christian, if that's the way they act, I don't need to be a part of that. You see? But real strong Christians, biblically sound Christians, whose hearts are in Christ and they have the heart of Christ, they can draw people into, into their lives and they can draw people into the church. Do you understand? All right. Verse 47 puts it as plainly as it can be. What matters is that you come to me, hear my words, and actually live by them. Are you living by the words of Christ? Are you living by them? Love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, thy heart, thy soul, thy spirit, and love thy neighbor as thyself. Do you live like that? You ask yourself. That's what Jesus said. He said, he said live by his words. Love the Lord thy God with all thy mind, thy heart, thy soul, and thy spirit, and love your neighbor as yourself. Prejudice is gone. Bullying is gone. Hate's gone. Anger's gone. You live it. He's He's taught us what to do. There's no other solution. We tried everything else. You know, I'd say this as a Christian. People don't need counseling. They need to get saved. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Come on. You're a Christian. You get saved. Then you can live what Christ taught us. All right. And here's another way to understand it from the message. Verse 46 says, you must begin with your own life-giving lives. You got to. Yeah. It starts with my life. Yeah. All right. It starts with my life. 
how am I living? It starts here. You see, when I read stuff and, and I begin to read these lessons, I have to go here. You see, how many of you cook? Amen. Cook food. That's right. Yeah, some of you don't cook, that's, that's deep. All right? Yeah, if you cook food, what do you do? You taste it. First, to see if it tastes good enough to serve it. That's right. Come on here. Well, you ought to do your life that way. That's right. You ought to do your life that way. Wait a minute. If it's good enough for me, let me taste this. Yeah. Let me think about this before I put it on the, on the table. You see? Because you want other people to, to taste good, fruit, good food. That's right. Well, you don't know if it's good unless you taste it. That's right. So, you know. You understand, when we were kids, uh, we were kids, well, that's, I don't know how they do it now, but when they'd make cakes and all that stuff, and icing all that stuff, we'd love it when mama would leave some, uh, some of that sugar stuff in the finger bowl, you know what I'm talking about? So, uh, we could lick the bowl and, and get some of that. That was good. You think mama would let us lick the bowl if the bowl was bitter? You understand what I'm talking about? You taste it first and see if it's good enough to serve. Before, and then you have fruit bowls, Thanksgiving's coming, a fruit bowl. Don't you look at the fruit, make sure it's not rotten before you, before you set it on the table and serve it to others. You ought to do your mouth that way, your thoughts that way. All right. We want to be better people we don't want to just be going to church. We want to be better people. I don't, uh, he, don't, he don't mind. But Brother Travis and I talked uh, this Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. You know, he, he was a little devastated because he's watching the news. One bad decision has torn up some families. You see? Because one person went to a non-fruitful place and it cost somebody innocent their life. You need to think about that because when you have bad, thank you, when you have bad fruit, other people suffer from the rotten fruit that you've eaten. Got to think about it. All right? Again, church, you must begin with your own life-giving lives. Mm -hmm. It's who you are, not what you say and do that counts. Who are you? Mm -hmm. Who are you? I was in a counseling session with a member that uh, used to come to our church and hadn't been there in a long time and had came to me for some counseling, and I just let her talk. And I said, who are you? No, really. I said, who are you? Because that person was somebody I didn't know. Because they started living a non-fruitful life. Started out good, but got up with a non-fruitful crowd. And started living a non-fruitful life. Then her life became unfruitful. That's the question. Are your children strong enough that no matter who they're around, that they'll stay fruitful? From what you've taught them. That's right. All, right. All right. You're quiet because you're listening, right? Yeah. All right. Pastor, the scripture tells us that your true being brims over 
into true words and deeds. Because your words and deeds are going to find, come and show who you really are sooner or later. You see, don't excuse people for what they say. They mean it. Well, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. You see, have you ever done this? You've done it. Somebody done it for you. They, I can't wait. So if you had enough time to think about it, Brother G.J., if they've had enough time to think about it, you met it. That's right. Because if you had that much time and, and you really were in the spirit, then the spirit told you to close your mouth. So you met it. Say, tell me something, Pastor. Tell me something, Pastor. You can't take back what you say. You can't take it back. I'm going to say it again. You can't take back what you say. So you need to be careful what you say because you can't take it back. They'll say, okay, um, you can say I'm sorry, but it doesn't move the scars and the pains away from the heart of the person you just talked about. We want to be a church that's real over here. Right? All right. The passion tells us in verse 47 let me describe the one who truly follows me and does what I say. Jesus tells him, says, let me tell you about a person that's really close to me. That's walking like Christ. That's talking like Christ. That's thinking like Christ. Christ spoke fruitful things. He wants us to be fruitful. Did you ever see him negative? You see, he broke all of the kind of boundaries that we are still trying to break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the woman at the well, the Sumerian, that's called, today we call it biracial. You see, you see all, all these kind of things. He would talk to women that he wasn't supposed to talk to. He broke that barrier. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? And we're still trying to. You know why we're still trying to? Because we are not living what Christ has asked us to do. That's right. In the church. That's right. You see, all right. The scripture says, he is like a man or woman who chooses the right place to build a house and then lays a deep and secure foundation. How secure is your foundation? How secure is your foundation? I'm asking y'all there, don't speak it out, but how secure is your foundation? That's the question. How secure is your foundation? All right. When the storms and floods rage against the house, it continues to stand strong and unshaken through the tempest, for he built it wisely on the right foundation. This is what I tell you all all the time. If, now's the time to build. Because storms going to come. That's right. <laughs> There's some things going to hit you now. And you better have a foundation. Can you handle it? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You don't think you can. You see, it didn't say it, didn't, it would shake it. It said it would fall. You see, it didn't say that the, the electricity would go out. And that's it. Don't say it would fall apart. I tell people, it's all right to grieve. Don't fall apart. Because you've got a strong foundation. And there are things that you will have to do in your life that will shake your world. And if you are not built on a strong foundation in Christ, mm-hmm. somebody said on this solid rock, I, huh? Yeah. Know what? All 
You better get it on a rock. All right. Verse 49 finishes by saying, But the one who has heard my teaching and does not obey it is like a man who builds a house without laying any foundation. It's going to fall apart. It's going to fall apart. Can't handle it. Not built on anything. You hear me? Say amen to that. You got to getting quiet in here. I'm trying to help you to get a better understanding of what Jesus is asking you to do. He's not only asking you to read it, he's asking you to live it, read it, and live it. And when you read it and live it, you can speak it. Get your heart right. Pray for your heart. Lord, fix my heart. Get my heart right. All right. When the storms and floods rage against that house, it will immediately collapse and become a total loss. It'll be a total loss. And that's why we have so many. We had a lot of people being incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Wasn't built on nothing. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I do it every week. Say, go ahead, Pastor. We know you're going to do it. Right. Your marriage needs to be on a solid foundation that's in right. Christ. That's right. Or it will fall apart. Because right. stuff happens. Do you understand? Physically, you need you have to have it together. You see, which is here's the question: Which of these two builders will you be? That's right. Are you building your life on? Because sooner or later, you're gonna get called into the arena, and you're gonna have to deal with it. Sooner or later, it's gonna be a storm. I promise you that. Right. I've always told people, trouble's going to find you. Right. Mm-hmm. And then life's going to find you. Because mm-hmm. everything ain't the devil. Right. Some of it's just life. Right. You see, we go to the doctor and get all these tests and all these things, and we get bad news sometimes. Mm-hmm. It ain't the devil. Life. Right. You see, children act up, say amen. amen. You acted up as a child. Yeah. But you got to get up. And say, we got to keep it together. We can't fall apart. You see? If your life is built on a solid foundation, and it's really solid, when someone that's next to you is on a weaker foundation, they can step on yours. They can say, you can, it could be your husband. It could be your wife. Mm-hmm. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. She's weak right now because she's going through something. Mm-hmm. He can say, step on this concrete. Step on this solid concrete. Right. Come up here with me. Because right. right now my foundation is strong. Yeah. Stand up here with me. You see, that's what it's about. That's right. The question is, what kind of builder are you? And if you build it together, man, if a church builds it together, mm-hmm. or a family builds it together, what kind of church would we be? What kind of families would we have? Right. We want to have strong people. It's going to be determined by the fruits you bear. Right. We need to be fruitful. Yeah. And then non-fruitful people will come and they can eat from our fruit tree until they're able to develop strength from their own. Say amen to that.
Yeah. People have been asking me to Isaac to on their way up here because we can have some fun. So what do you think about Aaron Rodgers? You know, Aaron Rodgers hasn't done anything different. He's so arrogant. He's been arrogant ever since he's been there. But guess what he has done? Look at me. Aaron Rodgers' arrogance, all right, has caused another person to get an opportunity to become fruitful. Amen, Amen to that. All right, all right. How do y'all like them shoes, huh? All right. Told you I'd be coming ready. I just want to remind everyone about Safe Haven. That is the battered women's shelter that we provide a Thanksgiving meal for. We've been doing that for probably 30 years now. Uh, for those of you who were not here last week, there's a sign-up sheet uh, on the table in the foyer. Um, those of you, uh, Pastor talked about people who can cook. If you cannot cook, you donate money. But we do need people who can cook to sign up because we do need food to take over there, all right? We need food, so please sign up. Those of you at home on the website, uh, I mean, on, yes, on the, on the uh, church website, there is contact information. Again, the way this works is the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, Wednesday night before Thanksgiving, you have to be here with your food in the parking lot by 6.30, okay, because they roll out at 6.45, all right? So whatever you prepare, it has to be here the night before Thanksgiving, 6.30 sharp, all right? Brother Paul? Morning. morning, children of God. All right, praise God. Ready for your micro lesson? Okay. <laughs> okay, this scripture is taken by uh, Mark 16. And many of us already know what this chapter is all about. Right at uh, verse 17, it says here, And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. Uh, don't get afraid. You that haven't tried this, it does work. Because you have been given the power to overcome all demons, all kinds of adversaries from the devil. And they lurk everywhere. Try to get in. But you have the power to keep them out. Okay? And they will speak with new tongues, okay? And that is the uh, heavenly language that is available to every Christian, which is a power gift, okay? So, when we're dealing with this, uh, these signs, there is one purpose for signs, okay? And these signs appear in your life, in your ministry, who you talk to and who you witness to for the purpose of helping you to be authentic in your witness and your testimony, okay? That's the purpose, one of the big purposes of the signs that follow you to help you become real to people and your message becomes real, your witness wherever you are at work in the marketplace business dealings that you have okay you become real and the gospel becomes real to other people okay now on the opposite side of that there will always be opposition to the gospel and you'll come uh, come up against that 
in life if you haven't already done that. You live in as long as I have, you come up to a lot of opposition to the message of the gospel, okay? But Paul and the scriptures have provided tools to help you overcome that. And one of the tools that is available to us is the blessing that when you are persecuted because of your message and your witness, there is virtue in that. It seems like an opposite thing, but when you are persecuted, there's virtue in it. There is a blessing, okay? Because in um, Matthew 5 and 10, that is one of the Beatitudes, the last Beatitudes that is mentioned, that you receive a blessing from God when you are persecuted because of righteousness sake, okay? And let me turn to um, Philippians real quick. And Paul is talking about in chapter 1, verse 19. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. This word turn here, it means uploading this word of God into your spirit. Okay, as you feed upon the word. This word will be uploaded, okay? And this, your salvation in this scripture right here, in the old King James Version, version this word deliverance is salvation. And that salvation is the power of Jesus Christ already in you, okay? And the supply of the Spirit is you downloading this scripture into your witness and the words that come out of your mouth okay so we have the power we have the witness in our everyday life to know that Christ is always there building you up and giving you that confidence that you need for your spiritual walk in Jesus name amen Okay, shall we go to prayer? Father God, we are thanking you and praising you, Lord God, for your Holy Spirit to keep us strong, Lord God, and give us that confidence to speak your word, Lord God, whenever the opportunity is available, Lord God. And for this day and age, Lord God, that is almost on a daily basis, Lord God. And we give you all the praise, honor, and glory for this, to see this demonstration of your Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs>